All right, I'm just going to pray us in. Um, Father, we thank you for gathering us here today, Father, to hear a word from you, Father. May our ears be open, Father, to listen to the Spirit as the Spirit speaks to us, Father. Protect our hearts, Father. Protect our hearts, Father, as seed is planted in, Father, that it may grow, Father, and be watered, Father, and that you may get the increase, Father. We give you, Father, all the glory and honor, Father, in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, that your presence has been saturated in, in the atmosphere, Father, and that the angels are here with us, Father. Hallelujah. And we, Father, know that no unclean spirit, Father, can enter into this atmosphere, Father, because it is a holy atmosphere, Father. Your children is, is together. You are here with us. Christ is in us, Father, and angels are always around us. So we thank you, Father, for the word to come forth, Father, and may everybody receive in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. All right, so I will be continuing um, Healing 101, and the topic or title of the message, should I say, is Natural Healing versus Divine Healing. All right, so Natural Healing. Natural Healing is a wonderful thing. However, it was never meant to be done outside of God. We are to seek Him for everything. Having a healthy diet is preventive care. What we don't want to continue to do is make the mistake of putting our faith in the creation versus in the Father, who is the creator. We know just by studying scripture that plants and fruits and seeds were given to us by God to sustain our vessels. So the picture that I have for you, my first slide for tonight, is um, pretty much a grouping of healthy vegetables and fruits that we are to eat and pretty much what they're for, the different nutritions and vitamins that is good for our bodies. This is a chart, <clears throat> excuse me. This is a chart of the wonderful natural foods that we can eat to help keep our bodies healthy. And apparently we don't eat enough of it. <laughs> But this is the original diet that Father had planned for us. We were never supposed to consume meat, not even animals, in the beginning, that is. So the first scripture that we have for tonight is Genesis chapter 1. We're going to the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, 29 through 30. And it reads, Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant, on the face of the whole earth, and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, they will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth, and all the birds in the sky, and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. So as you can see, meat was not on the menu. <laughs> not for men or animals. All creation with the breath of life were supposed to be vegan. <laughs> Unfortunately, after the fall of Adam, sin entered to the earth, bringing forth death, chaos, confusion, disorder, and rebellion. I read in a book 
um, it was the book of Adam and Eve, Ashley. Um, and it, it talked about how Adam prayed to God for protection from the beasts who were hunting him to seek and kill him. Now, obviously, prior to all that, Adam lived and walked with all the animals. Because, I mean, he named them all, right? We know that. So I can imagine that after being kicked out the garden, which is the presence of God, Adam walking around, <laughs> and he came upon a lion. Happy to see the lion, he speaks to it, because that's what he's used to doing, talking to the animals. But the reaction of the, of the lion is not what Adam expected. <laughs> and Adam says something like, lion is me. What's wrong with you? And the lion roars and charged Adam, right? And Adam runs away. And at this point, I can see, if y'all familiar with the Lion King, Puma running from Nala, that whole thing. <laughs> That whole thing, yeah, I can see that being um, Adam at that point. Probably went something like that. But then Adam prays to God, and God commanded the beast not to harm Adam. So, yeah, so after what Adam did, get kicked out the garden, everything just pretty much went messed up. So God created the body to be able to heal naturally. He created this system called the immune system. And I'm just going to read some fun facts about the immune system that we have. The Father is really really detailed in what he does. It's just amazing. So the immune system, which I have a picture for that. Yep. The immune system has a vital role in our bodies. It protects our bodies from harmful um, things like germs and cells that could change, that, that can change and make, make you ill. So it's made of various organs, the immune system that is, made of various organs, cells, and proteins. So as long as your immune system is running smoothly, you don't notice that you even have it. <laughs> but if it starts working properly because it's weak or can't fight a particular aggressive germ, you get ill. Germs that your body has never encountered before are also likely to make you ill. So some germs will make you ill the first time you come in contact with them. These include childhood diseases like chickenpox. We probably all have that. The main tasks of the body's immune systems are to fight disease-causing germs, like bacteria, viruses, parasites, and to remove them from the body. It also is to recognize and neutralize harmful things from the environment and to fight disease-causing changes in the body, such as cancer cells. So the immune system can be activated by a lot of different things that the body doesn't recognize as its own. These are called antigens or antigens. Example of an antigen includes the protein on the surface of the bacteria or the viruses. Um, when these are attached to special receptors on the immune system, cell on the immune cells, should I say, um, a whole series of processes are triggered by the body. So once the body has encountered a disease-causing germ for the first time, it usually stores information about that germ and how to fight it. So the next time it encounters that germ, it recognizes it and straight away can start fighting faster. That's just amazing. And that's just one system. Our body is made up of a lot of systems and that's just one. And that is what it does. That's <laughs> what the Father created for it to do. So those delicious foods that you just seen, 
uh, are good to eat to give the body immune system strength to fight and protect itself. Now the father created all of this. He knew what he was doing. He knew how the system worked and he knew what every system needs and he gives instructions accordingly. So the one thing the father did do was give limitations to the natural healing process. For one, these vessels were not meant to last forever. Some of the most known health gurus in the world has died from a sickness or a disease, like cancer or heart failure. And in recent news, I found that two um, men who were considered health gurus were, they pretty much caught COVID and died. Yeah, so one spoke against the vaccine and got COVID and died. And the other one, he was just against putting vaccines in his body, but it killed him as well. Now you would think that these people with these type of healthy bodies would just knock COVID out, but it didn't go that way. And we also know um, Dr. Sebi was a health guru. And he, he said that his methods cured people of incurable diseases. He said that there was only one disease, which is mucus. To get rid of the mucus, get rid of the mucus and your body can heal from all diseases. <laughs> one does this by eating the right types of natural foods, like fruits and vegetables. And this may be true. I'm not discrediting him or anyone else. However, this is a process that requires knowledge of the right foods to eat, like the right combination of foods. Um, it requires their discipline, the changing of your diet, and pretty much having faith in that method. Definitely an option to consider, because obviously it works. But I would rather choose option A. <laughs> That's option B. I would rather choose option A and be healed instantly by putting my faith in God. And I would quote the scripture, heal me, O Lord, and I would be healed. Save me, O Lord, and I would be saved. We are a spirit. And as a spirit, I would rather learn about living a spiritual life where the spiritual life trumps the natural life all day, every day. Because it is Christ who gives us life to our mortal bodies. So when I feel sickness creeping up in me, my first thought is no longer to eat more fruits or vegetables or I need a cup of tea. And it's absolutely no longer I need to call my doctor because I don't have one except that of Jesus. Amen. <laughs> I'm going to come back to Jesus. So that's natural healing, divine healing. So it wasn't until after the flood when God gave man permission to eat the meat of animals which came with instructions as well. The Father's always giving instructions because he knows, we don't. Nothing is to be done outside of him. My next scripture is Genesis. We're still keeping it in the beginning. Genesis chapter nine, verses one through four. And it reads, God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth. The same instructions he gave Adam and Eve. <laughs> the fear and terror of you would be in every living creature on the earth, every bird of the sky, every creature that crawls on the ground, and all the fish of the sea. They are placed under your authority. Every creature that lives and moves will be food for you. As I gave the green plants, I have given you everything 
However, you must not eat meat with its life blood in it. <laughs> that was the instruction. But why, Father? We're going to go to Leviticus chapter 17, verses 11 through 14. This is why we're not to consume blood. We can eat meat, but not consume the blood of animals. For the life of a creature is in the blood. I have appointed it to you to make atonement on the altar for your lives, since it is the lifeblood that makes atonement. Therefore, I say to the Israelites, none of you and no alien, nobody that's visiting, nobody who resides among you may eat blood. Any Israelite or alien residing among you who hunts down a wild animal or bird that may be eaten must drain its blood and cover it with dirt. Since the life of every creature is, is its blood, I have told the Israelites, you are not to eat the blood of any creature because the life of every creature is its blood. Whoever eats it must be cut off. Now this is important because when the Gentiles was brought in, engrafted to the, to the true vine, they was only given, I believe, three laws from the, from the um, Old Testament. And one of them was to not to drink blood. So that's very important, to not to consume blood. So God said of the life, God said the life of the creature is its blood. So if that animal was sick with disease or had a virus, it, it was in the blood, in the animal's blood. So as we know today, many viruses are passed through the blood of animals and human alike. However, it goes deeper than that, past the physical. The life that the Father is speaking of also means the spiritual life as well. How do I know? Where there is, there is only one very specific blood that we are given permission to consume, and that is the blood of Jesus. Healing is in the blood. The atonement is in the blood. Life eternal is in the blood of Jesus. Everything we need to live and become like Jesus Christ is in his blood. Now, I said I would come back to Jesus, so we're going to go to John. Chapter 6, verses 48 through 50, and then I'm going to skip to 60. So starting at 48, it says, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that anyone may eat it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eat of it, eat of this bread, he will live forever. The bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. At that, the Jews argue amongst themselves, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life in yours. The one that eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Because my flesh is true food, my blood is true drink. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Jesus, as the living, I'm sorry, just as the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. 
it is not like the manna your ancestors, your ancestors ate and they died. The one who eats this bread will live forever. So we go to verse 60. And it says, therefore, when many of his disciples heard this, they said, this teaching is hard. Who can accept it? <laughs> Jesus, knowing in himself that, the, that his disciples were complaining about this, asked them, does this offend you? Then what if you were to observe the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? Verse 63 says, The Spirit is the one who gives life. The flesh doesn't help at all. The word that I have spoken to you are spirit in our life. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And I just want to just repeat that when he said the spirit is the one that gives us life. The flesh doesn't help at all. So the focus should not be on the body but on the spirit. The crazy thing is that we do all of this, eat Jesus' flesh and drink his blood. We do that by faith. It's not something that we do naturally. <laughs> and we, we call this communion. So we take communion by faith. And anybody who's tasted unworthy, sickness may come upon them physically, and they may die prematurely, as spoken by Paul to the Corinthians. Now, fear not, this doesn't mean that it's going to happen instantly. Our Father is a loving Father and graceful Father, and our brother is patient and loving and kind. So it's not you take communion unworthy one time and you're just dead or something. That's not how that works. So I'm going to explain what it means to take an unworthy. So we're going to go to 1 Corinthians. Did I put that on the slide? I did. So this is coming from the message version, because the message version just breaks everything down. So the 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27 through 34, and it reads, What you must solemnly, solemnly realize is that every, every time you eat this bread and every time you drink this cup, you reenact in your words and action the death of the Lord. You will be drawn back to this meal again and again until the Lord returns. You must never let famili familiarity breed contempt. Anyone who eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord disrespectfully is like part of the crowd that jeered and spit on him at his death. Is that the kind of remembrance you want to be a part of? Examine your motives, test your heart, come to this meal in holy awe. Verse 29, if you give no thought or worse, don't care about the broken body of the Lord when you eat and drink, you're running the risk of serious consequences. That's why so many of you, even now, are lethargic and sick, and others have gone to an early grave. If we get this straight now, we won't have to be straightened later on. Better to be confronted by the Lord now than to face a fiery confrontation later. A fiery confrontation later. Thank you. So my friends, when you come together to the Lord's table, be respectful and courteous with one another. If you're so hungry that you can't wait to be served, go home and get a sandwich. 
But by no means run, by no means risk turning this meal into an eating and drinking binge or a family squabble. If it is a spiritual, I'm sorry, it is a spiritual meal, a love feast. The other things you ask about, I'll, I'll respond in, in person when I make my next visit. So pretty much what the Corinthian was doing when they gathered together to have communion, some was coming, bringing their own food. This was explained in a verse earlier. They would bring their own food. And some who came expecting to eat, they didn't bring nothing. But if it wasn't enough, then they would go hungry. It was enough to, to take communion. And some, because they, back then, they actually had wine. We have juice, but they actually had wine. So some was coming to just get drunk. <laughs> Very disrespectful. And that is what it means to be, to take an unworthy. So when we take communion, it's about like, oh, I'm hungry. I'm glad they passed around this, this bread. Or oh, I'm thirsty. I'm glad they passed around this cup so I could drink something. Oh, I'm just hungry, period. So thankful to our apostle that he waited to get an understanding of communion before we actually did it because we don't want to do it unworthy. So the Corinthians didn't understand communion. Paul had to, had to explain it to them again. <laughs> um, as I said, it was coming together to get full or to get drunk, not understanding the consequences of their actions. So we use natural things such as um, unleavened bread, which like a cracker, honestly, and grape juice to represent the body and the blood of Jesus. However, you can use whatever you have at home if you're going to do it individually. Like just do it by yourself at home. You can use whatever you have. You can use a potato chip and some tea. You can use a cracker and some milk. I once used a little Debbie cake. I cut a piece off set it to the side, pour some orange juice, and that was my communion. I took it in faith. And that's what I had. <laughs> so it doesn't, it doesn't matter what you use. It's the motive, the, the whole intention of it. But when we come together, we eat and we drink the same thing. We're not bringing it in our own communion. <laughs> our Father, sorry, our faith is not in the natural substance, but in the word of God. We are divinely healed by God through our faith in him and his word. We are not natural beings trying to live a spiritual life. We are, spirit, we are spirits, spiritual beings living a spiritual life. Before Jesus, we were spiritual beings living natural lives. That was the only way we could live, and it came with many limitations. Now, God said he would be our healer, and even him being our healer came with instructions. Then Jesus came and gave us the power and authority to heal ourselves and other people, which, too, came with instructions. We're not supposed to just be doing this however we please. We don't live from the natural. Each of us are a new creation in Christ. Natural healing was actually for the old man. Divine healing is for the new man. We prosper and is in good health as our soul prospered. The old man couldn't do this even if he wanted to because the old man had the sinful nature of Adam. We, being born again, have the divine nature of Christ. But one may ask, what about Ezekiel 47, verse 12? All kinds of trees, and it reads, all kinds of trees providing food will grow along both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, and their fruit will not fail. Each month they will bear fruit, 
fresh fruit because the water comes from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be used for food and their leaves for medicine. Now, Ezekiel, being a prophet, was speaking prophetically. What he, de- what he described there in that scripture is the same thing John describes in Revelation 22, verses 1 through 2. The exact same thing. However, rereading this book by Ezekiel Benson called The Perfect Health and Wellness Capsules. Now, when I first started reading it and confessing my my capsules, I came across this. Well, we all should have came across it if we did it. (laughs) But this scripture, he explains, was meant to be taken figuratively, figuratively, not literal. And so this would be found on page 13 and page 14 in this book. And he says, a closer study of Ezekiel 47.12 reveals something very, very strong to note about the trees that grow along the bank of the river. That the trees here are a type of the word of God for different situations and circumstances of a man's life. The leaves of the trees would not wither and their fruit would not fail, which represents what God says about his word. In Matthew 24.35, it says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. And in 1 Kings 8, chapter 8, verse 56, it says, There have not failed one word of all his good promises. God's word does not fail. God's word does not wither. God's word endures forever. God's word will bear fruit every day because its source flows from the sanctuary of God. Another strong point to note in Ezekiel 47, 12, is that the fruit, of the trees will bear for food, their leaves for medicine. Simply put, God's supernatural prescription for man's, for man's food, prosperity, healing, perfect health, and wellness is his word. The word of God can prevent sickness from attacking your life and your body and your, body and your health and keep you in perfect health and wellness all the days of your life. And then on page 14, it says that how does divine healing come to us? The answer is through the word of, word of God capsules. God's word is like a medicine or a drug, and there is a recommended dosage to take every day for us to see the desired result of divine healing, perfect health, and wellness made manifest in our lives. So you can, you can take this scripture literal if you, if you like and use fruit and healthy um, plants, vegetables, leaves for natural healing, but it's literally the word of God here. So I sincerely advise everyone to begin the transition from natural healing to divine healing. Our bodies can only do so much no matter what you put into it, no matter how much you exercise. These methods can fail at any given time. Divine healing can't fail. Jesus never failed to heal a person. Understand, I'm not saying stop eating healthy and stop exercising. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that make sure that your faith is always in God, no matter what it is that you do. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 31 says, So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. So when you're exercising, you're doing your push-ups, your sit-ups, do it for the glory of God. When you're eating your fruit salad with your chia seeds, eat it for the glory of God. 
when you take communion and you fast, do it for the glory of God. Because, see, the world do, do these same things, but they take God out of it. Like, people are literally doing intermittent fasting to lose weight. So disrespectful. <laughs> you know, but we being children, we don't do it. We do it for the glory of God. Because the day will come when your faith in God is unbreakable. And you may want to use the same method as Isaiah did when God used him to heal King Hezekiah with some figs. I don't know if you're familiar with this story, but when I came across this, I was like, wow, amen. So in 2 Kings chapter 20, verses 1 through 7, it says, In those days Hezekiah became terminally ill. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, came and said to him, his came to say to him, this is what the Lord says. Set your house in order, for you are about to die. <laughs> you will not recover. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. He said, please, Lord, remember how I walked before you faithfully and wholeheartedly and have done what pleases you. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. As Isaiah had not yet gone out of the inner court in the courtyard, when the word of the Lord came to him. And the Lord said, go back and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, this is what the Lord God of your ancestor David says, I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears, look, I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the Lord's temple. I will add 15 years to your life. I will rescue you and this city from the grabs of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. Then Isaiah said, bring a lump of pressed figs. So they brought it and applied it to his infected, Hezekiah, that is, his infected skin, and he recovered. Amen. <laughs> so in my closing, what do we say to this? Did a lump of figs save King Hezekiah's life or did God? God, Father, their God, our Father. <laughs> this is how it should look. If you decide to use natural elements to heal your body, just do it for the glory of God when you do it. Do not give glory to the lemon or to the honey, to the avocado, to the nuts, or even yourself for changing your diet and exercising, but to, to God, our Father, because it's by his power and his glory, his grace, and his love for you, that any of these things works anyway. So again, I say, whatever you eat, whatever you drink, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Any questions?